This is the Easy Living Yards podcast. I'm Ben Hale, your host that got six hours of uninterrupted sleep last night. Let's jump in and learn how to have a healthy, beautiful yard with less work so you can enjoy more time doing what you love. What's up and welcome to episode 39 of the Easy Living Yards podcast. Today we will be talking about what to do in your yard each season. Now before we jump in today, I want to get through some introductory stuff first. Yes, I am super excited. I got six hours of sleep uninterrupted last night and my wife did as well. So we are happy campers in that regard. We still have a young little guy in the house that doesn't sleep through the night every night. So it's uh, he's starting to get a little better and it's it's really nice. So uh, <laughs> it's kind of weird though. We like wake up and we're like, um, did you get him up last night? Because I don't remember, but we feel kind of weird asking because we don't want to be, the other person might be like, um, yeah, you were sleeping through the whole thing and uh, I tried to wake you up. Usually that's uh, I'm the one on the uh, the raw end of that deal because uh, my wife's a really light sleeper and um, yeah, I'm apparently a really heavy sleeper. So sorry about that. All right. Anyway, well, yeah, so I am running off of uh, a nice night of sleep. I know six hours is only is considered a good night of sleep these days without uh, getting woken up. But uh, hey, I'll take what I can get. Right. So um so, uh, yeah, that's great. And also, if you're listening to this podcast episode on the day it launches, happy Halloween to you. Um, so this is coming out on October 31st. And uh, I don't know if you're having any fun with your family this weekend. I don't know if you guys do anything with Halloween or not. Um, my family does. And uh, it's a lot of fun. We, we have a lot of fun with it. So last year, Lucas, our oldest, wanted to be a pterodactyl. So he, uh, we made this giant, like, um, there's this kind of art craft thing called Pepicura. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but uh, basically you, you like fold paper in different shapes uh, along these, you like score it along a line and you use a pattern and you fold it and make these like three-dimensional shapes. And so we made a three-dimensional um, uh, pterodactyl mask that fit on his head and, and uh, he loved it. He walked around uh, pecking the grass in everybody's lawn because uh, his pterodactyl head was apparently eating the grass. Anyway, so it was a lot of fun. Uh, Adam was a, a little, I think he was a, this is my bad memory coming out, but I think he was a little bumblebee last year. It was super cute. Um, and then uh, uh, Caleb, our youngest, was uh, just a little baby, and uh, he was a dragon. So it was kind of fun. Um, uh, this year, uh, the boys decided they wanted to have a superhero theme. So uh, so Lucas is going to be uh, Captain America. Adam, is, he's our three-year-old. He's going to be uh, Spider-Man, although he keeps saying he's going to be Captain America too. <laughs> and uh, he originally decided Spider-Man. So if he, if he had wanted Captain America at the time, we would have let him. But of course, yeah, that's how the things go. He's, uh, he's three, so he changes his mind like every 20 seconds so at the time when it was decision time he wanted to be spider-man all right and then caleb our youngest he's a uh, one uh what is he going to be i can't remember uh i'm showing again my bad um husbandry here i guess um uh, no it's reality it's my bad memory it's for uh it's not for lack of desire um 
and intent. Uh, and then my wife is going to be Wonder Woman. I'm going to be Batman. And uh, that was not my decision, actually. That was uh, uh, the decision of our two oldest. So anyway, I hope you have a fun Halloween. I don't know if you're doing any sort of themed thing or going out with your kids or not. Um, we have a fun time with it, especially as the boys are getting a little bit older and, and can get a little bit more involved in the holiday. Um, go around and have some fun. Uh, they seem to really enjoy it. And so we usually meet up with our, uh, their cousins and have a good time. So happy Halloween to you. And I hope you're enjoying this beautiful fall here in South uh, West Ohio. The colors are really starting to pop now. Uh, so we're starting to see some beautiful color in the fall. Um, and, uh, you know, it's kind of a late uh, year for the colors to change. There's still a lot of leaves on the trees at the end of October here, which is kind of crazy to think. Um, usually we're starting to drop a little sooner than this. So, um, yeah, well, enjoy the seasons as they progress. Okay, let's jump into it today. Well, you know, whoop, let me stop a little bit here. Um, I forgot we need to talk about today's favorite plant. This is one I'm actually really excited about. I'll be honest, I don't have a bunch of experience with this plant. Um, and this is kind of a new plant to me. So um, I'm really excited to share it because I have pretty good confidence in this plant, uh, knowing about what it's what the species is. And, um, and this is a specific cultivar I'm talking about today. So today's favorite plant is the pencil point juniper. So a juniper is a an evergreen plant tree that's native to most of the northern hemisphere uh some you know various forms of juniper so this form uh this this species is juniperus communis and so it's uh the common name for it is common juniper uh and uh the variety of this uh species that I'm talking about, specifically the cultivar, is Compressa. So Juniperus communis Compressa. It's also called the Noah's Ark Juniper. Um, The reason I've selected this one, we're putting this into our new uh, front yard design that we're in the middle of right now. So right now we actually don't have a front sidewalk. It's kind of crazy. Uh, I busted it all up and uh, we're we're laying the form for a new entry sidewalk that's much more inviting, much more accepting uh, to visitors, much more easy to access the front door um, instead of our old very, very restricting sidewalk. And so I'm really excited to be making this change, but unfortunately right now we're in the thick of it. So basically there's a bunch of bare earth and some concrete form in place for where our new front walk is going to be. So, um, <laughs> and in the very least, at least, uh, Corey has put up these beautiful, um, front porch decorations. So maybe it balances out a little bit uh, <laughs> and uh, takes care of the roughness that I've put in place. But yeah, anyway, so we're going to be putting these pencil point junipers on either side of our front porch. We kind of have a, just a smaller stoop style front porch. It's just a big flat slab with an awning over top uh, right by our front door. There's not really a whole lot of space on the porch. It's about um, about 12 foot wide and six foot deep. And so there's just barely space for maybe one or two chairs or a a little bit of decoration without any seating, and that's it. But um, so these little juniper trees are going to frame the front porch and kind of add some symmetry to, uh, to the design that I'm putting in and also kind of, you know, 
add some focal um, emphasis to that front door and also em- emphasize the vertical um, structure of the house. So it's kind of really, they're really nice for that type of um, planting. Um, they also make just a nice little tiny accent plant as well if, if uh, done individually um, or in pairs uh, around some sort of focal point that's maybe a, a more formal focal point. So basically, let's let's talk about the details of this little evergreen. So why do I like it? Well, this guy grows in USDA zones two through six so i'm actually on the um close to the southern range of this guy so if you're if you're in the southern u.s uh, you don't want to consider this plant um it grows only three to eight feet tall that's it so it stops at eight feet some don't even get that tall some only top out around six foot or so Um, and it takes quite a few years to get there so you're talking eight feet maybe after about 10 years of growth and so most of the nursery stock you're getting is usually a one to two year old tree um for this guy, it's probably closer two to three years old is what you're talking about. And that's for just maybe one to two foot tall specimen. So this guy is really small, really slow growing. It's kind of your dwarf variety. Now, the cool thing is this guy, so it tops out at three to eight feet. It only gets one to two feet wide. So it's a very vertical structure and um, it's very unique. And so very striking as well. Um, it grows in full sun with dry to medium moisture so it does not like be, being very wet but it does tolerate very dry soils likewise so yeah so it tolerates drought also very shallow soil and rocky soil so junipers are very hardy plants um, it's de-resistant and it's relatively disease resistant also as long as it's you know pretty happy so if you put it in the right soil you know with that you're um, not too moist within full sun it's going to be pretty disease resistant so um consider that plant if you're thinking about you know a more uh, a more formal space to put it in it doesn't really look super great in like your naturalized spaces um, you could maybe pull it off in certain designs but just be very conscious of how you use this plant but it can be really beautiful um, now the downside to this plant if there is a certain downside is that um, accessibility to this plant is pretty limited i got really lucky um that our local nursery right down the street had two of these left and um, i i picked them up as quickly as I could uh, once I saw they were available. But they're pretty hard to find. Uh, There's a few locations online that I found them as well. You may be lucky that your local nursery can have them in stock or more than likely they might be able to order them as well. So uh, a lot of nurseries have access to wholesalers that um, we as as common folk uh, do not have. So so they have a pretty wide selection of things they can uh, special order a lot of times. So if this is something you're interested, make sure you talk to your local nursery. Okay, so let's jump in now. So today we've got a listener question that I want to basically use as a theme for today's show. And now before we get into our main topic, I just want to remind you that if you have any questions, all you have to do is go over to ely.how slash pod. That's ely.how slash pod. And right at the top of the page there, there's a button to ask me a question. And your question, I will get back to you as soon as I can to answer your question. And likewise, uh, you may get featured on the show just as our listener is today. So let's jump right in. Today, we have listener Jen, who uh, sent me this note. I was listening to your podcast on the way to work this week and thinking about my upcoming garden in Ohio. I thought it would be helpful to know what to work on in my yard in each season to keep it maintained year-round. Well, this is an awesome question. This is a, a very common question, too, and it's 
at the same time, it can be very easy to answer and very difficult. Um, and so today I just wanted to spend a bit of time specifically on Jen's question, as opposed to just glossing over it quickly. I wanted to actually dive in and talk more specifically about, uh, the different times of year and some things we could be doing. And I'm going to give this a little bit of a spin. And that is, if we try and maintain our yard from a low maintenance standpoint, what is it we have to do? And so I have several links that you can check out today. Um, I'll probably be covering each of these seasons in more depth as the year progresses and and probably in in subsequent years as well, um, just to kind of remind us what we should be doing in each season. So let's jump right in. So when you have a low maintenance garden, the intent here is to spend as little time as needed at as few times possible to have a beautiful garden that um, brings us enjoyment and also uh, you know makes our property look welcoming and, and a happy place. You know, we don't want to have just some disheveled place that's, uh, you know, it's low maintenance, but it's also very unappealing or unattractive. And it also can cause disruption with our, our local municipality as well as our neighbors, right? So we don't want that. What we want is a beautiful landscape, but one that we don't have to be working on all the time, right? So that's what I like to talk about here on this show is how do we have that a healthy, beautiful landscape with less work so we can spend more time doing what we love, right? So let's start with spring. So spring is really the time when your garden starts to wake up, right? Things start to pop, things start to get moving. A lot of critters come back to the to the area um, after either hibernation or um, you know new life cycle starting or migrating back into the area. So things really start to get moving with both uh, the plants and the critters in your space. So the goal is to spend as little time in your yard as possible. And I've actually written a post on this called the Twice a Year Garden. And so check out the show notes for this link. Um, It's an awesome blog post that um, really goes through. uh, I've kind of pulled a lot of this stuff for today's show from this longer blog post. So it can really give you some uh, ways that you can design your landscape to be more low maintenance. um, And it's not, you know, huge overhaul design work, but but how to change and adjust your garden to be less maintenance uh, for the long term. And, and so these are kind of themes I've pulled from there. So spring is the time when your garden starts to wake up. And so here's some tips of what you can do in spring. The first is um, if you have low fertility in your soils, or if the soil is really compacted, so if things, you know, if you have like kind of denser clay or really tough soil, um, consider spreading some amendments. And specifically here, just to keep things simple, I recommend spreading some compost. So spreading compost adds organic matter to your soil. It adds soil life to your soil. And it adds fertility too. So it's kind of like a, a three you know, one, two, three punch, I guess, of, of adding and boosting fertility and in, in life and um, and decreasing compaction in your soil, in your garden, okay? So this really helps with allowing your plants to grow more easily and, and more healthily. And that's why um, healthy, healthily, <laughs> uh, that's why I recommend spreading compost. Now, once you spread your compost, you want to follow up with the addition of mulch. So if uh, this is something where if you do compost, you also want to cover the compost because uh, things can leach out pretty quickly from your compost. And likewise, you just want to keep it covered to keep those soil bacteria happy and healthy. And you also, if there happens to be any sort of seed material left in your compost, which there shouldn't be if it's properly prepared, but if there happens to be, the mulch helps prevent weed growth. 
Okay. So um, certainly if you end up spreading the compost, you want to follow up with mulch. And I'm talking four to six inches of mulch here. So it's a lot, um, depending on how much area you have. Um, so if, if you haven't done the compost piece, mulch still might be helpful. So if your soil is exposed anywhere or if your previous um, ground cover is thinning out, so if you have mulch anywhere that's thinning out, then you want to cover it with mulch. And, and mulch really, the biggest thing it does is it suppresses weeds. It also, in the long term, adds soil health as well because as the lower layers of mulch break down, they, add, uh, they basically make good soil for you, good topsoil. And so uh, there's kind of, again, the double benefit. One's short-term of weed suppression, and the other's the long-term of building your soil. Okay, now, again, this is only if the soil is exposed for the growing season. Now, um, if it's not exposed, you can consider waiting till later in the year for this. Likewise for the compost. So if you're concerned of the fertility of your plants before the growing season, that's when you add it right now. Next, trimming. So after the winter, you know, winter's over, you have a lot of dead material potentially. I recommend waiting through the winter to trim your stuff because that dead material, we'll, we'll talk about it once we get to the winter stage, but it can be very beneficial and very attractive if done properly. So if you have dead material, um, if this is the time to trim it out uh, to clear the way for new growth. Likewise, if your plants need pruned, um, you can prune in the very, very early spring. So before growth starts to begin. So before you see buds kind of forming and stuff is when you prune. Um, so really it's kind of like a late winter activity, but, um, yeah. So get out there. If you need to prune stuff, um, generally I actually, uh, avoid pruning unless it's necessary. Um, because again, we're talking about low maintenance stuff here. Once you begin pruning something, you probably have to continually do it, uh, for the rest of that plant's life. Um, now certain plants just require pruning, uh, based on how they're put into a design. So if that's something that's needed, this is the time to do it. As long as you get out there before the growth begins is generally speaking. Next, uh, planting. If you need to replace or add new plants to the garden, you can do it now. Again, generally, the earlier the better in spring. So once you get the thaw coming through, um, you can dig in the ground. As soon as you can do that, get your plants in, okay? Now, really, fall is generally a better time because the roots will start to develop over the winter and you'll get a good established plant ready for that heat of the summer. And so there's less time when you do this in the spring, but you can still do it in the very early spring. Okay, so that's basically it for spring. So it's kind of like tidying up, uh, you know, preventing any weed problems uh, if they potentially arise um, for the summer. So really, spring is about prevention and tidying, okay? When it comes to summer, you should be able to relax. As long as you got your tidying up done in the spring, you shouldn't have a whole lot of weed problems. Uh, you should have a garden that is pretty happy, and so you're not going to have a lot of disease problems with your plants if they're the right plants for the place. And um, you should just be able to kind of enjoy that part of the garden. Now, when it comes to your lawn, of course, this is where the work trade-off happens. So your lawn, this is the time that you're going to be cutting your grass probably. So so you're going to be out there with the, especially the late spring when your lawn is really going bonkers. If you have a cool season lawn, especially um, late spring is when those grasses really start to grow. 
And so coming into the mid-heat of the summer, it might slow down a bit, especially as things start to dry out. But, but during those moister times with the longer days, you're going to be cutting your grass a lot more often. So for that, I have a link in the show notes, uh, for, or a couple links in the show notes, of how you can better manage your lawn. So the first link is how to save 27 hours of work in your yard. And a lot of that has to do with mowing and changing the habits of how you mow. So check out that link. Likewise, I have another episode that I talked specifically about how to save time mowing your lawn. So check out those two links in the show notes uh, for more detail on the mowing piece. Let's move on to fall. So in the fall, this is really the time when you're getting out in the garden, really making changes and really kind of, you know, I guess, taking care of any issues that may have arisen over the summer and and really kind of hitting the reset button on some stuff, uh, getting ready for the winter and for the following growing season. Fall is the best time to make the biggest amount of change. So the first thing you want to tackle in fall is weeds. If you had any weeds that came up, popped up, so these could, you know, a weed again, by my definition, is any plant that's just not the expected plant in the expected place. So it might be an okay plant, it's just not where you want it, right? So something that's grown where you don't want it. So this could be little tree seedlings that may have popped up, or, you know, shrubs or whatever, or your typical weeds, like, you know, people think of like dandelions or whatever too, right? Um, So whatever plant it is, if it's just popped up where you don't exactly want it, this is the time to pull it out and try and get the roots out. Um, so especially for your perennial plants. Now, of course, these might be hard if you're not, you know, weed savvy, I guess. Uh, you might not know which one's an annual, which one's a perennial. Uh, generally speaking, the perennials have thicker root systems uh, that are tougher to get out. And also, they're probably going to still be green at this time. Uh, generally, they stay a little bit greener than a lot of your annual plants, which are kind of starting to die out by this point because they've already gone to seed, which, you know, that's not good as well. So um, weeds, when you remove them first, if there's seeds available, on the end of the plant try and contain them as much as possible when you remove them so you're not scattering new seed down um, especially if there's exposed soil and secondly um, if they're um, perennial plants you want to get as much of that root material out as possible so when you're pulling out these plants or digging them out get as much of the root out as possible and then the next piece which is really key uh, for prevention next year and so you're not doing this year after year is why did that weed grow there Likely it's because there was exposed soil or, um, I mean, that's mainly it really. If there's exposed soil, uh, then that, that plant was triggered to grow. All right. Uh, so if you didn't have thick enough mulch down or thick enough plant coverage, so again, plants themselves can suppress other plants from growing just by covering up the space, right? So, um, either plant heavier there or mulch heavier there. One of the two. Okay. Now, um, so that's a, the next couple pieces are going to sound a little bit repetitive, but again, this is really for a low maintenance garden. This is all you need to do. You don't need tons of additives or anything like that. You just need the right plants in the right place and the right amount of low maintenance and at the right time of year. That's it. Those are the key things for a low maintenance design. So in the fall, after you weed, you want to, again, if there's um, low fertility or compacted soil or um, exposed soil with uh, that probably has erosion and no good topsoil or little good topsoil, you want to spread a little bit of compost around that space, and then uh, you want to cover it with mulch. And so if your fertility is good, uh, you can just skip straight to the mulch piece. So again, if your mulch is starting to thin out or if your soil is exposed anywhere, you want to mulch it. 
Okay. And, um, so if you don't mulch it, the other thing to do for coverage is to plant something there that's going to grow densely enough to compete out any weeds that might grow in the future. Okay. So as your plants are growing and expanding to cover the space, uh, you may still need to mulch around them a little bit. Okay. So that's it. After that, Fall is the best time of year, generally speaking, to establish perennial plants. So if you want to put new plants into your design, this is generally speaking the best time of year. So right now is the best time of year if you're listening to this in the fall. Okay, now what I've done is I've put another link in the show notes. I know this is like link overload, guys, right? But this is a lot of really valuable content that can help you at specific times of year. So right now... Um, I have a recent episode that I just published called Fall Maintenance Tips. So check out the link in the show notes for Fall Maintenance Tips. If you haven't already listened to that episode, and I go into more depth on what you can do here in the fall to really get the the most uh, most return out of the effort spent right now in this time of year. Okay, so let's move on. We're going to be getting close to winter soon. So what do we do in winter? Okay, well... If we have our low maintenance landscape, if we got out there a little bit in the fall to do a little bit of, you know, um, cleaning up and prep for the next year, really in winter, all you need to do is enjoy your landscape. There's not a really lot of maintenance that you need to do out there. If you didn't get the planting in that you wanted to in the fall, as long as your, your soil is still workable. It's not frozen. Um, you can still get out there and do some planting. Um, now, the the kind of the cautions here is, um, you know, if it's going to be like covered in snow and stuff, like, um, or or you will be getting some hard freezes pretty quickly, you may want to hold off. But it, aside from that, generally speaking, you know, winter is kind of a dormancy period for a lot of plants, and you should be able to put your plants in. And as long as the soil is not frozen, those roots can continue to develop, and they um, you know, begin to establish relationships with the soil to anchor more heavily and readily. So you can still kind of do some stuff in the winter if you weren't able to get it done by fall. Otherwise... You should just be able to sit back and relax and and think about how your landscape can be more low maintenance next year and more enjoyable. That's it. As far as work's concerned, you shouldn't have a whole lot to do. Okay. Now, a lot of people, what they do is they go out and especially if they have like grasses or whatever, or they're perennial or herbaceous perennials where the top dies back each year, but the bottom, you know, survives, the roots survive, and then it comes back again. A lot of times people will go through and cut that out either at the end of the fall or, or sometime in early winter. Now, what I recommend to do, um, and this is for, for multiple reasons, I recommend to, to leave that foliage there throughout the winter. Now, one reason is because some of that foliage can be very beautiful in its own right. So especially like grasses, if you think about grasses, they can provide a lot of texture um, and, and um, sound as well. It's variable, very enjoyable in the landscape. And when the sun hits them from those low angles and frosty mornings, they can just be absolutely gorgeous with uh, the light shining off of them. And the other reason is it has a huge ecosystem benefit. So a lot of insects, uh, beneficial insects, overwinter in that foliage. So they have um, you know little hollows in the stems or um, at the base of the stems. Uh, they can provide a lot of winter protection for these insects to live there. And, and again, most insects are actually beneficial. So we're talking predator insects that, that um, 
can take care of a lot of the pest issues you might have in your landscape with with pest insects. So um, a lot of these beneficial insects need spaces to overwinter and um, to be able to lay their eggs for the winter. And, and so leaving this stuff, not only can it be gorgeous, but it can also be a huge benefit to your landscape uh, from an ecosystem standpoint, but also as a, as a pest reduction standpoint. So you don't have to rely on chemicals. You can rely on the insects that are able to overwinter in your landscape and come back next year to help you out. Okay, so enjoy your plants in the winter and consider what design options you can do over the winter for next year. And this is so this is a great time when you think about your landscape, think about what plants could be added, what design changes could be made, what low maintenance investments can be made now to reduce maintenance in the future. This is really the best time to kind of just get those wheels turning and think about the year behind and plan for the year ahead cool guys so that's basically it jen thank you so much for that question it's a great question and i hope in future episodes as the seasons change i'll get more in depth into each of these seasons and what you can do with each of these seasons so i hope this has answered your question if you need further clarification definitely respond to me uh, go on over to ely.how slash pod to ask me another question and for any of you folks out there that do have a question to ask you go to the same space to do it so ely.how slash pod and there you click on the button to ask me a question so again just a quick rundown of today's links you can go over to ely.how slash episode 39 that's ely.how slash episode 39 and there i have links for fall maintenance tips Uh, how to do a twice a year garden. So a garden that you only have to touch twice a year, two days a year. That's it. That's not a stretch, guys. That's a reality. Also, how you can save 27 hours of yard work and how to save time mowing your lawn. So check out those links that re- uh, relate specifically to today's content. Likewise, today's plant, I have a link in the show notes for the Juniper Compressa. And so if you want a dwarf columnar juniper that grows in the northern part of the United States. Uh, This is a great tree um, for a nice columnar accent. Um, Always remember you can go over to ely.how slash free for a bunch of free downloads there. I have a bunch of free guides and kits and plants that you can access on ely.how slash free. So head on over there, click the link in the show notes. Also, if you want one-on-one help with me, Ben Hale, You can click the link in the show notes to consult with me only for today. If you guys listen to this episode on October 31st, this is the last day I'm running my 20% off discount special. So if you want to go over to ely.how slash consulting and get 20% off all my consultation offerings there, you can enter the code fall 2018, fall 2018. And beyond that, if you guys aren't listening to this on October 31st, um, then uh, you can always go over to ely.how slash consulting to get in touch with me there and to work one-on-one with you in your landscape to make a positive change in your life and make a positive change in your landscape. As always, go on over to ely.how slash pod to ask a question. And also there's a link in the show notes to connect with me on Facebook, Twitter, or Pinterest. And guys, I've appreciated the time that you've taken to listen to me, the time that you're taking to make a positive change in your landscape. I hope that you find some time to spend with your family either today or very soon and spend some quality time together. And with that, thanks for tuning in and make sure you live with passion and make tomorrow better than today.